Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We are a Jesus community telling the biggest story of God in Los Angeles. We're excited that you're joining the conversation with us today. Enjoy. Um, all right, so we are in the book of Exodus. We have been in the book of Exodus forever. Um, and we are coming up towards the end. In the end of Exodus, uh, the last few chapters of Exodus are endlessly fascinating for me because Exodus starts out and it's very narrative, it's the story, right? We have gone through it all. Moses, he went in the baskets. The whole Prince of Egypt movie, right? We went through all of that. And, um, and there are oppressors, and there are pharaohs, and people needed to get free. And then they got free, and then it was a back and forth, and then they had to cross the Red Sea. They go out the Red Sea, they're making golden calves, they don't know where to worship, they're wondering where God went, they're in the wilderness. And then you get to these chapters. And so, um, right now, this is a conversation, Moses goes back into the mountain, and this is a conversation he has with God, this is what God says. We're in uh, chapter 34. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread for seven days. Eat bread made without yeast, as I commanded you. Do this at the appointed time of the month of Aviv, for in that month you came out of Egypt. The first offspring of every womb belongs to me, including all the firstborn males of your livestock, whether from herd or flock. Redeem the firstborn donkey with a lamb, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Ooh. Redeem all of your firstborn sons. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest, finally. Even during the plowing season and harvest, you must rest. Celebrate the festival of weeks within the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the festival of ingathering and the turn of the year. Three times a year, all your men are to appear before the sovereign Lord, the God of Israel. I will drive out nations before you in a larger territory, and no one will covet your land when you go up three times each year to appear before the Lord your God. So we got some rules, some regulations, some ideas, some things to do, right? And it's fascinating because you go from this whole narrative of Exodus of like, we gotta get free, we need to get out from under Pharaoh, we need to get out from under the oppressor, we do all these things and then they do it and then the conversation switches to super, super practical, right? And I talked about this a few weeks ago um, about the unleavened bread and how we do things just as rituals of remembrance, right? We have to create rhythms and rituals to remember things or else we forget, right? Hope is something that's cultivated through remembrance, right? We say, oh my gosh, uh, every six months I need to go to the beach and write down things I'm grateful for because I don't want to forget. Whatever it is that you do, right? And so we have all of these things that now the next few chapters of Exodus all kind of sound like that, right? God is saying all these things as if they're rebuilding something new and then I realize, oh my gosh, I think rebuilding is the final step to any Exodus. That once you have fought the oppressor, you have grieved, you have mourned, you have tried to make a new idol, the new idol didn't work, you went back and forth, you found yourself in the wilderness, the last thing that you need to do after all of that is to rebuild something new. New practices, new rhythms, new routines, new rituals. That's the final step of Exodus, and if not, and we don't do that, I think we run the risk of never actually exiting, of never actually moving forward. I'm never actually leaving Egypt. And the more I sat with that, the more real and practical it got and sounded a lot like situations in my life. We talk a lot about construction, deconstruction, reconstruction at New Abbey in terms of our faith. But those things are true across so many things in our life. Sometimes it's something you choose. Oh, I'm going to think about my faith in a different way. I'm going to choose to read this book. I'm going to do these things. And sometimes deconstruction is thrown on you. 
Yep. Right? Sometimes you wake up, you're like, what? I thought my life was, okay. Um, and so we have to deal with the pain and the grief and the whatever it is of those moments. But if we don't take the final step in rebuilding, I don't think we ever truly exit, right? And I know how hard it is to go into the pain of the deconstruction. Without the pain and the grief, then we can't have the rebuilding. So I'm an Enneagram 7. The only number that will probably cheer for ourselves. <laughs> and long before I knew what the Enneagram was in high school, I had a best friend, my very best friend, who I am certain was also a 7. And so we were like... Two peas in a pod, we did every single thing together. We played field hockey together. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yes. If you're wondering, yes, we are both now married to women. Uh, I remember the first day of school, senior year, like it's like, what outfit are you gonna wear? Like all the girls were just like stuffing on first day. Me and Audrey went to Goodwill and found like men's Harlem Globetrotter, like warm-up tracksuits, and we were like, let's save these for the first day of school. <laughs> Anyways, um, and so Audrey was leaving for college, she was leaving her thing because she was going to play field hockey at Dartmouth, and um, so, and her family was moving also. So it was kind of like, I may never see you again because my family was also moving. So I kind of like a few times were like, man, I'm kind of sad, because we like literally hung out all day every day, and she was like, here, I have a plan. Let's just not address it at all, and let's just say one goodbye when I leave. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like a great plan, actually. <laughs> so we do not address it at all, that like we're not gonna spend every day together. And she tells me, she's like, we are leaving at 11 o'clock on this day, okay? So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna show up at 11 o'clock. And that will be, I haven't been sad about it, we haven't talked about anything. I get to her house at 11 o'clock, and there's just a note on the door that says, sorry, we actually left at eight, I just didn't wanna be sad. <laughs> 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 I got Enneagram 7 by my best friend. <laughs> and we truly didn't see each other for like six more years. It was amazing, but we're so friends. Isn't that sad? Okay. Um, anyways, so you have to be willing to go through the uncomfortable feelings of losing or deconstructing or change or leaving or whatever the thing was. But if you don't rebuild, you run the risk of staying in that thing. And rebuilding the next thing doesn't always work either, but you have to keep rebuilding because now you have the knowledge that even if it doesn't work and it all falls apart, you can keep doing it. You made it through that. Because if not, I think we always will be about Egypt. Does anyone know anyone whose life is still about Egypt, even though they've been out? Don't look at them. after the fear, after the deconstruction, after whatever it is that went wrong, deal with those feelings. Those are real feelings, and pharaohs need to be dealt with, and we need to cross red seas, and we need to be in the wilderness, and we need to try and see what happens, and we need to ask these questions, but oh my gosh, we have to rebuild when we get somewhere, or else we will never be truly out of Egypt. Yeah. This is true of our faith. So many people in this room, you had a construction, you were like, I'm safe in this church. Deconstruction, you were like, no, I'm not. And now, what are you gonna do? We can be sad about that thing forever, or we can process those 
them to deal with those feelings and I can rebuild. What does worship look like now for me? What does being in community look like now for me? I'm not scared to rebuild something new, to create new rhythms and rituals of remembrance and things that I do because I want to rebuild something new so I don't actually stay in Egypt even though I've been out of Egypt. And it's incredibly hard. My parents got divorced last year, and when I say last year, I mean 2019. Because <laughs> those three are one. And um, after being married for like 39 years, which I didn't even know people do, I feel like once you hit a number, you just saw through. I don't know. So, so I had this construction, and then I had this, I mean, immense grief. An intense time of like, I'm mad, I'm angry, I'm sad, I have so many feelings. And at the same time, as I move through those, with my therapist, with my wife, with all those things, it's also time to rebuild. To say, okay, eventually there's going to be a holiday. What do I want it to look like? And you try and rebuild, you try to create a, a rhythm and a ritual. And sometimes it doesn't work, but guess what? I made it through the other time it didn't work. So I'm going to try to keep rebuilding something that works for me, something that reminds me of who God is, something that reminds me of coming out of Egypt, something that allows me to be fully who I am in this new place because I have rituals and rhythms of remembrance that I didn't have before I left Egypt. I'm trying to create a new family, a new family structure, a new way of seeing things, a new way of doing things that I couldn't have done without that, that I needed that grief and that hardship and that anger. I needed to process all of that to now say, okay, but I want to rebuild something. I still want something. And what does rebuilding look like? It looks like nervously taking my wife to Atlanta. It looks like doing all these things. It looks like inviting my parents to our wedding. It looks like being a pastor even though I've been from Whatever it is, you have to rebuild or else you're going to stay in Egypt. And I don't want to be in a room full of people who are just like, Egypt was so bad. Okay, we get it. We know Egypt was bad. We've all been there. It's bad, okay? And oppression needs to be fought and perils need to be taken down and red seas need to be crossed. Yes, yes, yes. And we need to grieve and we need to cry and we need to be angry and we need to be furious and then we have to rebuild.
Thanks for listening to the New Abbey podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.